in, uh, in a manger thousands of years ago, a child was born that was the light of the world. This is described in John chapter 1. We read that a couple weeks ago. We're just going to look at verses 4 and 5. In Him, that is in Christ, was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Some versions of the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness. Jesus came. He didn't come into a perfect world. He didn't come into a situation where everything was going great. He came into a place of darkness. And so the light came into this world. But Jesus says, we're just going to read 5.14. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He says to his disciples, he says to the crowds, you are the light of the world. So we know Jesus is the light that comes into this world that gives light to men, but he says to us, you are the light of the world. And I've said tongue-in-cheek, maybe this was God's biggest mistake, making us the light of the world. And of course, God does not make mistakes, right? God doesn't make mistakes, but he does take chances on people. And when God takes chances on people, sometimes people let him down. And so he makes us the light of the world. Jesus, the life that gives light to men, has come into this world. We receive that life, that light, and we are to share that with the world. We are to share the gospel, the gospel that today is the day where you can be forgiven of your sins, you can be brought out of purposelessness and hurting people into eternal purpose and making a positive difference, helping people Today is the day where God will forget about your sins and bring you into a right relationship with Him. We have that message and we are to share that with the world. That is letting our light shine. What could possibly go wrong with that? That should, that should be easy, right? Because it's a beautiful message. It's a wonderful message. And yet, there's difficulty with that because the light shines in the darkness. And I got a shocker for you here. Christian people are imperfect too. Sometimes we're not so good at shining our light. We'll talk about that some today and throughout this whole series. But our job is to shine the light of Christ in this world. We want to let our little light shine. And so, so far we've talked about standing your ground. If we're going to let our light shine, the first thing we need to do is have the light within us and keep the light within us. If we don't have the light of Christ inside of ourselves, how are we going to share that? You know, we can't be pretending and then share something real. We have to be real in order to share something real. So let's just not pretend. If you're not in a perfect situation, well, guess what? You're not in a perfect situation. Don't pretend that you are. If you don't have it all figured out, you're confused, that's okay. I've been there since I got saved. You know, I'm starting to figure a few things out. But I have more questions than I have answers. It's the way it goes, right? Charlie Brown, we watched the Charlie Brown Christmas at the youth group for our Christmas party. It was super awesome. My favorite Charlie Brown quote is this. The more I learn, the more I learn how much more I have to learn. Charlie Brown. Isn't that beautiful stuff? 
And that's how it is with God. We learn certain things, and then that opens the door to a whole bunch more questions. And then we learn a few more things, and that opens the door to a whole bunch more questions. And so we're trying to get it all figured out. And in the midst of that, we can have crisis moments in our faith, and we need to hang on to the light of Christ in our own life. We need to have that burning bright, because there are times when that just isn't happening, and that's a dangerous situation. And Jesus talks about that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Verses 22 and 23. Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If these verses describe the church, then we will lose. We need the light of Christ in us, individually, personally, or we can't let our light shine. We need to be benefiting from the blessings of the gospel ourselves in order to be able to tell people what it's like to benefit from the blessings of the gospel. So we need to be able to see clearly, understand the glory of God, the beauty of His creation and our purpose in Him If we can see that, then we have hope and joy in our hearts. If we can't, if we just see a dark, cruel world, then what do we have to share? So we need the light within us. Then, last week we talked about something very, very important, and it's this, that Jesus has already come. Jesus came, born in a manger, thousands of years ago, The Messiah, the Deliverer, the Savior, the Healer has already come. So if you're waiting for your help from God, where's my Savior? Where's where's my salvation? Where's my Messiah? Where's my Helper? The Helper has already come. So we're not in a time now where we're waiting for our help from God. We are at a time now where the help is already there and we just need to receive it. So we either receive Christ, who has already come, or we reject Christ. But we're not waiting for Christ. He is here. He has come. The Holy Spirit has been unleashed. So we need to apprehend what God has already provided. We're not waiting. We understand this with forgiveness of sins. Right? Like, we know that provision for forgiveness of sins is already there. Right? We don't need to ask God, hey, would you forgive me? I hope you will. He's already paid the price. It's already done. It's taken care of. And so last week we talked about other things that are already there in the heavenly realms for us to share in, for us to apprehend. We're not waiting for, but we need to go get. Just like forgiveness of sins. We don't wait for God to forgive us. We go get forgiveness. It's there waiting for us. We're not waiting for it. So we got to go get it. And we talked about the full armor of God last week. We want to grab hold of, put on the full armor of God. Let's read that section in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Then we'll get into the new material. Ephesians 6.10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Put on the full armor of God and be a prayer warrior. That's what this is saying. The full armor of God is there for us to grab hold of. I'm not going to go into the details of that. We covered that last week. If you weren't here, you can go to the webpage and listen to the podcast and get caught up. But now let's pray and we'll get into new material this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy scriptures. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, for your truth. Lord, I pray that you would just make your word come alive for us this morning, that we would see what you've got for us. Each one of us is dealing with different things. We're going through different, different uh, stages of life. And Lord, I know you've got a, a message. You've got something for each one of us. So I pray by your spirit you would touch us and help us to take a step forward in serving you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So if we're going to let our little light shine, the first thing is we've got to get that light within us and we've got to protect it with the full armor of God. And then today we're going to talk about the next important thing to understand if we're going to let our light shine into this world is to understand what day it is. We need to know what day it is. Now, today is Sunday, I think the 27th, is it the 27th of December? Somewhere in there. Uh, late December, it's finally cooled off a little bit. We need to know what day it is. Have you ever not known what day it was and had it mess up your life? When I was young, uh, going to church with my wife and my little, I don't know, was Jake, Jake might not have been born yet. I don't know, it was a long time ago. Man. And uh, it was in the days of the overhead projector. Remember the overhead projector? And you, you're going to play, play a song, so you put the little thing on the overhead projector and you shine it up on the wall you know it was great Uh, Jake was not born yet was he it was just you and me wow that's a long time ago so anyway this was back before cell phones you know you know newfangled contraptions and all that stuff anyway so Trinette was like you know what we should take the overheads home and fix them up because they're starting to get all kind of marked up and they don't look good so we'll take them home and we'll get them fixed up because next week is Easter Sunday and we want to have the overheads looking really nice for Easter Sunday so we took them home got them all fixed up brought them to church and much to our surprise I think we were running a couple minutes late which is sort of normal for us and uh not anymore now we're we've matured significantly but uh back then running a little bit late trying to get to church and uh it was surprising because the kids time was going on and usually the kids time is at the end of the service you know it's usually the worship time and then there's sermon time and then they bring the kids up front for the application time you know up up in the front and so that was super cool and we thought oh well it must be a special order of service because it's 
it's Easter Sunday, and they must be doing the kids' time at the beginning instead of the end. And then they finished the kids' time and ended the service, and they were done. And we were like, and then somebody said, it was the time change today. And we're like, what? Like, oh, we, we came an hour late, and we had all the overheads for Easter Sunday service. So they had to do Easter Sunday service without the overheads because we didn't realize it was a time change day. Oops. So, anyway, we've made our mistakes. But if you don't know what day it is, you can make mistakes and you just don't, uh, you know, you just don't know what to do. And so we need to understand what day it is. How many people have heard of the word dispensation? You heard the word dispensation? All right, there's a variety of crazy thoughts with the word dispensation attached to it. And so uh, we're not going to get into all those details, but here's the deal. There are different periods of time in history, and it's important to know what period in time in history you live in. Like, for example, what we covered last week, Jesus has already come. We're not waiting for Jesus to come. We're not waiting for the Savior to die for our sins. He already has. And so we're not waiting for that. We need to grab hold of that. We need to receive that. And so it's important to know that Jesus has already come. We're in the period of time now after Jesus has come, and we're waiting for the second coming. And so there's these different times in history, like the Garden of Eden before the fall. The rules were different then than they are now. There was the time of the law with Moses. There was all these different periods of time in history. And the question is, what time is it now? What day is it? And this is described in 2 Corinthians, starting in chapter 5, verse 16, and going to 6-2. Let's look at this chunk of scripture. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So Paul is telling the Corinthians, don't look at people from a worldly point of view. See them as something more than just a person. See them as someone with an eternal purpose that God has created, that has significance in the heavenly realms. We know, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor, now is the day of of salvation. So what day is it? Today is the day of salvation. 
That's what day it is. That's what period in history we are living in. We are living in the time of God's favor, the day of salvation. This is a great time to be alive. We could have lived at different times. You know, what if I I learned the word antediluvian? That's the world before the flood, uh, Noah's flood. The antediluvian world. Isn't that very fancy? What if you were born then? You know, like you're hanging out, and you know, and everything's kind of a crazy mess, and all of a sudden the whole earth gets flooded, and everybody's dead. You're like, great. That wouldn't have, you know, you know what I mean? Like, we live in the time where any human being on the planet can become a child of God just by receiving what Jesus has done for him. It's the time of God's favor. It's the day of salvation. That's when we get to live. This is a fantastic time to be alive. We need to know that today is the day of salvation. Let's look at verse 19 again real quick. And we'll look at a few errors with understanding what day it is. How do you think people outside the Christian world think we're doing with regards to verse 19 you know this is in the whole we're ambassadors for Christ that's very much like let your little light shine right you know we are the light of the world we are ambassadors for Christ how are we doing with this message that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation So in the day of God's favor, in the day of salvation, this is the time where your sins don't matter, sins are taken away, they don't count, you just are able to be reconciled to God. Is that what the outside world thinks the church is all about? Making sure that people understand that their sins don't even matter and that right now they could be reconciled to God. I would say a lot of people on the outside think that we think today is the day of judgment, right? And not exactly the last day, but the day where we get to look at the world and figure out what's wrong with it and discuss that at length and point a lot of fingers. Today is the day of judgment where we judge what's wrong with everyone else. Don't they think that rather than this? We need to let our light shine and make sure that people understand today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor where he does not count sins against people because of Christ. He has paid the price. Hallelujah. That's good news. We want to be excited about that and we want to see the world with regards to that. So we can make mistakes with understanding what day it is, just like I made a mistake with what time it was because I didn't know the time change happened, and so I showed up late and messed up the Easter service at the church I was going to. So we can, if we don't understand the time that we live in, we can do things wrong and mess it up for ourselves and for others. So let's look at five common mistakes regarding what day it is. Mistake number one, we just covered, thinking today is the day of judgment. Your job isn't to look at other people, to look at the world, and figure out everything that's wrong. That's not your job. It's not my job. That's not what we're supposed to do. 
what we're supposed to do is receive the forgiveness of Christ, receive new life in Christ, start walking in joy and peace and victory, and share that message with others. We're not to judge. Today is not the day of judgment. Today is the day of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. So that's the first mistake, is thinking today is the day of judgment. Second mistake is thinking that the day of salvation will last forever. That the time of God's favor is indefinite. Guess what? It isn't. This is a special time that will end. The time of God's favor is finite. And the day of judgment comes after that. Now is the time where we can have our sins forgiven, but that time does not last forever. If you've read the entire Bible, you will notice times where God seems rather harsh. Right? I mean, have you read the like kill everyone parts? Not just all the people, but all the animals too. Kill everything. Have you read those? This is the God that flooded the world and killed everything. He is a God of justice. Justice will come. Now is the time of God's favor. Let's take advantage of that. Because the next day is the day of judgment. This day of salvation, this time of God's favor does not last forever. The day of judgment is coming. You guys understand that, right? Let's read this quick in Romans 14, 10 through 12, just to drive it home. Because this has to do with judgment. Hey, if the day of judgment is coming, I don't need to judge, right? God's going to take care of that. What, what difference does it make what I think? Who cares, right? You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. How you treat the day of salvation, how you value that, how you take advantage of what God has provided through forgiveness of sins will greatly affect this day for you. We're not waiting. We either receive or we reject. Let's receive the forgiveness of Christ and walk in his ways. So, first error, today's the day of judgment. Second error, the day of salvation will last forever. Third error, there is no law during the day of salvation. So, we can do whatever in the world we want. Woo! Have you ever heard kind of people say that? You know, well, there was the Mosaic law, and now we're in the time of grace. And so, in grace, you can do whatever you want. Is that true? No. Christ fulfilled the law. He did not abolish the law. He fulfilled it. And what that means is, is he took it out of the realm of action and into the realm of the heart. So in the Sermon on the Mount, wonderful, amazing, incredible sermon that Jesus gave, he said, you know, you've heard it said, do not murder. You know, like, that's pretty good. Because, I mean, haven't you ever wanted to just, like, strangle somebody, you know, refrain from strangling them. 
Very good. Good, good. That's a good start. Jesus says, however, it's not enough to just refrain from strangling them. He says, now you need to work on your heart. You need to not want to strangle them. In fact, Jesus says, we are to love our enemies. Which is harder? Refraining from strangling someone you really want to strangle or loving your enemies? That's a high bar. Love your enemies? That's a high bar. There is law. There is the ways of God that continues. But it's in the heart, not in legalistic outward actions. Let's look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a famous passage. The Apostle Paul is talking about trying to share the gospel with different types of people and relating to them individually so that he can communicate and share the gospel. So 1 Corinthians 9.19, Paul writes, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. This would be the Mosaic law though I myself am not under the law. So is he under the law? He says no. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. So what Paul says is, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I'm under Christ's law. What does that mean? What that means, not under the law, means people that aren't churched. That would be the translation into our world. People who don't know when to stand up and when to sit down and what the songs are all about during church services. That's what it means. People outside of the Christian world that don't know all the rules. You know, like there's, there's a variety of rules in the Christian world. What you're supposed to wear, you know, certain things you're supposed to say. I remember when I was, uh, you know... The whole pot blessing. How many people were around in the pot blessing days? Like you couldn't say potluck because we don't believe in luck. So it wasn't a potluck. It was a pot blessing. Yeah? Some people are like, you're not going to say potluck, are you? Anyway, um, there's all these rules. Like you can say the wrong thing, you know, and all of a sudden you're in trouble and you don't know why. It's because you're not in the Christian world with all those little details all figured out. And that's what Paul's talking about. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Like those outside of the Jewish culture, I became like them. He's not saying, I decided that I would go rob banks with people so that I could relate to bank robbers. So I became the worst bank robber ever. That's not what he's saying, is it? No, he's saying... I intentionally understood where people were coming from and related to them effectively so that I could share the love of Christ with them. He's not saying he participated in sin with them. And the classic example, of course, is the person who gets saved out of a dark lifestyle and they their heart bleeds for those people, and so they go back to minister to them, but then get sucked back into it. So there is still law. We're not free from God's law. However, we're not stuck 
in religious legalism. But we need to have our hearts right with God. So that's another mistake is that there is no law in the day of salvation because it's all grace. We can do whatever. Sins aren't counted against us, so we might as well sin as much as we want. That's a grievous mistake. Mistake number four. My personal dispensation or the day that I'm going through doesn't necessarily match the historical day that is going on. Today is the day of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Does that mean that that's what you're experiencing right now? Not necessarily. Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 lied to the Holy Spirit and were struck dead in church during the day of salvation. During the time of God's favor. They were experiencing judgment during the time of God's favor. We can, in our personal lives, be experiencing something different than the path of history. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. That doesn't mean we're individually participating in it. It just means that we can if we want to. We might be lost and separated from God. Still the day of salvation, but personally you're not experiencing it. Might be in rebellion against God. It's still the time of God's favor, but you might be falling under judgment because of rebellion. The era of history doesn't mean that you are experiencing that personally. It just means that you can if you want to. Let me tell you. Now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Participate in that. Do not run from God. Do not rebel against God. Receive the love of Christ. The last one, the last mistake that people make with regards to what day is it is not wanting it to be the day of salvation. This one is a little bit tricky. Going back to the loving your enemies thing, I want you to think of the person you hate the most on this planet. Do you want them forgiven? Do you want them to experience the favor of God, the day of salvation, to be given new life in Christ, to be a new creation, to have all their sins taken away, and just to be brought in as a child of God into eternal life. <laughs> Do you want that for them? That can be challenging. Sometimes we don't want it to be the day of salvation. Jonah dealt with this. This is an amazing, amazing section of scripture in the book of Jonah. You remember Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the great fish? However you want to define that. The reluctant prophet... Let's read Jonah chapter 3, starting in verse 6. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, so Jonah's message reached the king of Nineveh, 
God sent Jonah to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, which was evil, evil, bad people. This would be like, you know, Nazi Germany and that sort of thing. Like, these are bad people. And Jonah says to them, 40 days and you're all going to die. That's the uh, evangelistic message. (laughs) God is going to wipe you out in 40 days. You're done. And so... When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent. With, and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. So there was a national fast proclaimed. Not just for every human being, but for all the animals too. Like you and Spot, everybody is going to fast. And we're going to call out to God and maybe he will relent from his fierce anger. So we get a little mini day of salvation here. Let's go forward. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Doesn't this seem like it's going good? It seems like it's going good unless you have a personal stake in it. And these are the people that have murdered and hurt your relatives and you want them to pay. Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah was so mad that the evil people got saved that he wanted to die. We don't teach that one in children's church. This is dangerous if we don't love the fact that today is the day of salvation. If we aren't so excited about it that we're willing to share it with the most evil, darkest people we've ever met. We need to be happy that today is the day of salvation and that that applies to everyone. We need, to, we need to be willing to forgive because God is willing to forgive. We're going to close here in just a minute or two. I'm going to invite prayer teams up. Come on up, prayer teams. Back in New Testament times, people were impatient about the second coming of Jesus, the day of judgment where Jesus would rule with an iron scepter, they were impatient about the second coming. Now this is during the time when the New Testament is being written. So just years after Christ rose from the dead, they're expecting him to come back. They're anticipating it each day. And it's not happening. And now, of course, it's been 
thousands of years since then. Second Peter 3.9 says this concerning that. People are wondering, how come the day of judgment isn't coming? How come Jesus isn't coming down on the clouds? How come it's not happening? 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I don't understand the theology of this, but it seems like God really likes the day of salvation. And that when you, when you feel the emotion of that, He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Have you ever been somewhere, you're having so much fun, you just don't want to leave? And so you, you put it off, and you end up getting home way too late, or things like that. You just, it's just like, this moment is so good, I just want to hang on to it. God understands fully what it means to end the day of salvation, to end the time of God's favor. And this makes it look like he's just putting it off. He doesn't want anyone to perish. To me, the picture I get in my, in my mind is, you know what, Jesus, don't, don't, go, don't go back today because look at that one and that one and that one. Let's give them a little more time. Again, I can't understand that theologically, but I know this, there is rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents, when one person who needs to be reconciled with God says, yes, Lord, I will participate in the day of salvation. Forgive me of my sins, help me walk with you. There is a party in heaven. And I think heaven is so happy to have those parties, they don't want them to end. Because they happen every day. Every single day. They happen today. There are people that will say, yes, Lord, I will follow you today. Let's pray. If you're someone who needs to say that, say it in your heart between you and God. If you're someone who needs to share that message with someone else, Gather the courage to be able to share it. Let's pray as a group. Then I'll open it up for personal prayer. When you come down for prayer, it doesn't matter what the need is. Just come on down and get prayer. It might be a physical need, financial need, emotional, relational need, guidance need, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just feel like getting prayed for. Come and get some prayer. Let's, lay, let's pray together first thank the Lord for the day of salvation Heavenly Father we give you praise and we honor you and we thank you for putting us on this earth during the time of your favor during the day of salvation help us to know that that is this day, that this day is not the day of judgment this is the day of salvation, this is the day where men's sins are not counted against them when they receive the glorious forgiveness that's been paid for Lord and we can be reconciled to you Help us to know today 
is the day of your favor and help us to take advantage of it. Lord, help us to share that message with others as well. Lord, that you are kind and gracious and you are slow to anger. And today is the day where we can receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I pray a blessing over everyone in this place. I pray your peace would be in our hearts. Lord, that your joy would overflow within us and that your light would shine through us into this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You can come on down for personal prayer. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Say hi to somebody you don't know and encourage them in the Lord this morning.